Today on this edition of the Forest City Church Podcast, lead pastor Eric Parks has part three of the series, Close Encounters, with a message titled, The Secret to Your Best Life. So we're in this series called Close Encounters, where we're looking at these encounters that Jesus has with people throughout scripture, and then looking at how does that matter? How do we apply this to our lives? Like, how do we do this? And the reason why we're looking at these close encounters, it's really simple. If you look at Hebrews 1.3, it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things in his powerful word. In other words, when we see these interactions and we see Jesus on display, that's not a story for then. It's a message for now. So, like, when you walk in today facing whatever it is you're facing, and you see Jesus in an encounter like you're going to see today, this is a message for you. Because what Jesus did then, he does now. It wasn't just then, it's now. And that's why these stories matter. And today, I'm going to give away my title of the message because I think probably all of us are in search of this. The secret to your best life. Your best life. See, you know, you know God thought you up, right? Like he thought you up. You're not an accident, not random. Not floating through life like Forrest Gump said, accidental like, like a feather in the wind. You know, that's not how it's working. He thought you up and you have a best life. A purpose and a destiny. You have one. So what's the secret to your best life? Well, the reality is, I think we can learn a lot from one particular encounter. Now, I don't know why all of you are here, because each of you each week, some of you, hey, let me ask this. How many of you, this is your first time back in church since all this COVID mess happened? Do we have anybody here today? Just a quick raise of hand. Do we have anybody? Anybody? A couple? One, two? Well, let's just give a round of applause. There's one in the back. Welcome. You know, I don't know why you're here. Some of you You've been coming back to church for a bit. Some of you, this is like your first season. And I don't know why you're showing up at Forest City Church. Some of you are looking for something. You're in need of something. Maybe this is part of your rhythm, your routine. Some of you, it's like, well, I'm coming because my neighbor won't shut up. And if I don't show up for church, they won't stop asking me. (laughs) And some of you already nudged your neighbor. And so you're like, I'm coming this one time, and then they'll stop. I don't know why you're here. But here's what I do know. I know that every single one of us get to moments in our lives when we look at the life we're living and we ask ourselves the simple question, like, is this the best? Like, is this what life is? Is this all it is? You know, you've made all the money that you've set out to make or you've achieved what you've hoped to achieve. You have your family in place and we all get to this point where we're like, is this it? Is this the best life? And there's one particular story that I love that I think honestly teaches us so much about living filled with joy and passion and the pursuit of our best life. And it's a story that if you grew up in church, you would know this church because for whatever reason, this story has become canonized in all Sunday school curriculum around the world. It's a guy, I remember, we we used to sing a song, we little, yeah, we little man, right? A wee little man, his name was Zacchaeus. 
And then if you have your Bibles, you can flip them open. We're going to be in Luke chapter 19, and we're going to look at an encounter with a guy who I honestly believe is at the end of his rope at the top of the tree. At the end of his rope at the top of the tree. You're going to be flipping to Luke chapter 19, and here's the encounter. It says that Jesus entered Jericho. He was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead. He climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus was a man at the end of his rope at the top of a tree. He said, well, how do you know that? Like, the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of information. Well, let's back up for a minute, and let's understand a little bit that we do know about this guy. Number one, here's what we do know. The Bible tells us that he was a chief tax collector. Now, look, we all know, like, tax time. You know, anybody look forward to tax time? Anybody? Anybody, like, going, I can't wait for April 15th. I cannot wait. It's going to be so fun. It's amazing. Nobody throws parties April 15th. None of us are excited. We try to avoid it. We try to push it off, right? No, tax time isn't fun. We don't love IRS. This is like one of those things where we send them Christmas cards. None of you do that. But look, in Jesus' day, it was way different. They thought of tax collectors like as thieves because I've said this before, but Rome would employ locals to go who knew the area to basically steal from their people. So, like, if you were a tax collector, you were thought of as a thief, a turncoat, a traitor. You came up with this kid. He was in your, on your baseball team, and now he steals money from you. So, we know, like, this guy isn't well thought of. Look, it, it, it's pretty clear that tax collectors weren't thought of fondly because look at what Matthew chapter 18, verse 17 says. It, it, we're, they're given a little church, like what you do with people who aren't behaving. It says, if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan, a pagan or a tax collector. Like, they're not nice people. We don't like them. The Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was one of these and, and, and he was good at his job. Because he was wealthy. Like, he was really good at stealing from people. Like, he was a really good thief. He was good at his job. He was wealthy. So we can assume, whatever Zacchaeus had set out to do, at least in terms of the material world, he has accomplished it. Right? He got his job. He got his stuff. He accomplished whatever it is that he hoped to set out to do. And we don't know what he set out to do. But he's a wealthy guy. And, and, and here's how I know he's at the end of his rope. Now, I looked up just because I was curious. Like, what does it kind of mean to be at the end of your rope? These phrases that we often throw around. What does that mean? The definition is really simple. End of your rope means you've reached your limit of your patience, your resources, your ability, your energy. And so you're unable to deal with your situation any longer. Not by a show of hands. Anybody at the end of their rope? Some of you almost didn't come to church today because you have reached the end, the limit of your patience with your children. And you're so tired 
of them leaving those towels on that floor because those towels don't pick themselves up and you can't understand or have you reached your limit of your abilities where you look at your relationship with your wife or your husband and you're like, we've been doing this dance for a really long time and I don't know how we're ever going to fix it. Or your energy where you're like, I'm too tired, I'm exhausted, I don't have anything else to give. If you've ever had those moments, then you are just like Zacchaeus. A guy who honestly had reached the end of his rope because he had everything you could ask for. He had a bunch of money. He had a bunch of stuff. And yet, his life wasn't adding up to what he hoped that it would. Now, you know this. But Jesus promises us real Life. John 10 10 says it this way. It says that the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy, but his purpose is to give us, to give them rich and satisfying life. Look at how the message says it. I came so that they could have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. And see, a kid like Zacchaeus, a young man like Zacchaeus, is sitting at the end of his life or at the beginning of his life, and he's going, but everything that the world has told me that if I grabbed onto, that it would that this is what i would have and i think in all of our lives we get to moments where i don't those and then one day moments well, i don't know you just trucking along doing what you do living life going through the routine going through the rhythm and then one day you wake up and you're like enough's enough i'm at the end of the rubber rope i'm done i'm not doing this anymore that was Zacchaeus's day that day where he woke up and he realized, I don't have any more energy to give to this thing. I don't have any more patience for this life. I need to get on with my life. Zacchaeus shows a sign of a guy who's ready for something new. Because look, be honest. You don't climb trees when you're rich and wealthy in an area nobody wants you. Right? This is Zacchaeus. It says, Zacchaeus woke up that day. The Bible doesn't say this yet. This is me playing into it. I think him, he woke up that day and he's like, I'm done. I heard about this guy. He, he does and says really amazing things. I don't know what he could do for me, but I'm going to show up. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to show up. Maybe he'll say something to me. Maybe I'll hear something and my life will change because whatever's happening right here, it ain't working. So the Bible says in verse four, he ran ahead because he couldn't see Jesus. He needed to hear something. He couldn't see him. So he ran ahead and he climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus. Climbed up the sycamore tree. As Jesus is coming that way. He climbed up a tree. Now, I don't know when the last time you climbed a tree is. I don't climb trees. I would kill myself. I, I mean, come on. In my head, I, I'm 22, but then when I went out and ran yesterday, I'm reminded I'm 48, right? You ever have those moments where you're like, I see myself as 22. My body reminds me regularly, that ain't true, bro. Wear all the sneakers you want. You're 48. Zacchaeus is like, he gets out there and he's like, I got to get up in that tree because I got to get a little bit of life because whatever I'm doing, it ain't working. And this guy is promising something, right? He's promising a new kind of life. He said he's come to give a new kind of life. I can't see him. I got to hear him. So he climbs up the tree. Now remember, nobody likes him in this community. So the fact that he shows up, that says something. 
They don't like him. He steals from them. He's not wanted. He's an untouchable. Now, he did it to himself. But he shows up. And then he can't see Jesus. So he's like, okay, I gotta climb a tree. He's gonna climb a tree. You want something bad when you're willing to climb a tree. Right? That's how I know he's at the end of his rope. And that's the setup. I love what Jesus does because if you're like, okay, where's the secret in my best possible life? Here, it's coming, it's coming. So you see Jesus walking down the street and Jesus is coming to teach this big crowd. He's going to give them some essence of life, like what this whole thing's about. When he notices there's a dude in a tree. This must be unusual for Jesus, right? Dudes in trees. Most people don't do that. And I think... It probably is unusual because Jesus calls out Zacchaeus. Now, think about it. Isn't that the worst case scenario when you're trying to lay low? Like some of you right now, this is like your first time in church. You know, you you don't want me coming down and talking to you. I remember like um, there was this church. I, I, I was not following Jesus, but I was dating a girl. This was when I went to the University of Kansas and she was Mennonite and I didn't know anything about the church. She's like, you want to go to church with me? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. So I showed up. I didn't know anybody. This is a family church, right? They had known each other for years. And so when someone new came into the building, everybody knew. So I already felt like people were looking at me. That's like Zacchaeus. He shows up. People are looking. They're already mumbling. But then for me, the worst of worst happens. They're like, okay, who's new here? And I just did that to some of you. I'm like, who's new here, right? And I raised my hand. And then the, then, then the kicker, he comes off the stage with a microphone. And I'm like, oh, no, he's, he's, coming, he's coming to me. Oh, no, no, he's coming. Oh, no, he's coming to me. And, and now you can't hide. What are you going to do? You raised your hand, and you're trying, and everybody knows, and he's going to come ask you questions. And, of course, he starts with, you're 19. He starts with, oh, look, your special friend. Well, at 19 years old, nobody wants to be called a special friend. They want to be called a boyfriend, not a special friend. So, absolutely mortifying, right? You've had those moments. We just want to blend in. Come to church, be left alone, that's Zacchaeus. He just wants to get in a tree. He knows what he's doing, stupid, that people are going to make fun of him. And what does Jesus do? He comes off the stage with a mic in his hand, and he's like, yo, what are you doing? Well, he doesn't say this, but I imagine this. Yo, what are you doing? And you see Zacchaeus in the trees, are kind of, the leaves are kind of shaking. It's like... Hey, Jesus. Bro, you climbed a tree. That's crazy. You can see Zacchaeus going, yeah, I was just trying to get some exercise. Right, because you're so embarrassed. He's so embarrassed. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, this is, let me actually say what the Bible says, all right? It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him. See, Zacchaeus, come down there immediately. Now wait, because the next line is key. What's the secret to living your best life? Right here. I must stay at your house today. I want you to think about that for the minute. Jesus doesn't read his mail, doesn't give him a line, doesn't teach him a message, doesn't have a three-point sermon, doesn't do any of that. He just says, hey, 
You, you, dude in the tree who's at the end of his rope at the top of a tree, yo, come down from the tree. Let's go to your house. You know, it's interesting because I was thinking a lot about how we see transformation and the journey to becoming what Jesus had in mind. And while learning about Jesus, this is important. This is important. Don't get me wrong. You know, when you look at how the Apostle Paul thought about transformation, do you realize that in the New Testament, which is the Apostle Paul basically wrote most of all the New Testament, do you realize in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul only directly quotes Jesus three times? He does it in Acts, he does it in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. That's it. I mean, Steve Carter, a few weeks ago, he quoted Kanye West three times. So I'm like, the Apostle Paul only quotes Jesus three times directly. And I got to thinking, why is that? Why would the Apostle Paul not directly quote Jesus' teachings more than three times? And then I began to think. Maybe, 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 maybe what transformed the Apostle Paul wasn't just Jesus' ethical precepts, right? Zacchaeus got in the tree. He wanted to hear a word, you know, get something from that. Maybe I could put that into my life somehow. I don't know. I just need to hear something, and that's fine and good. But maybe it was something different than just Jesus' ethical precepts. You know, what was it that gave the Apostle Paul courage to fulfill his mission? What transformed the lives of these first century Christians who were willing to face Roman legions and dens of hungry lions? What is it that fills us with purpose and passion? Well, that same author says this in Colossians 1. Now listen, he says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. Now he's talking to us. He's saying, listen, I'm about to give you a secret about your best life. I'm about to tell you. He says, it's now disclosed to the Lord's people. That's us. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's you. He says, this secret to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. In other words, what I'm about to tell you, you can take this to the bank. This is real. This is real stuff, and here it is. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You're like, wait, what? No, no, no. Sit on that for a second. The secret to your best possible life, what the Apostle Paul began to understand what he preached over and over and over. In fact, over 164 times in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talks or uses the phrase, in Christ, in him, and him in us. And this has profound implications for our life because the Apostle Paul thought that there was something more important than just the moral teachings of Jesus. It was that you can learn to be with him every single day of your life. See, it's different than any other world religion. That we can walk with God every day. With Jesus, he takes up residence in us. That we are in him. That we walk together. And you can see this in Zacchaeus' story. Jesus comes in. He doesn't teach him. What does he say? He says, hey, come out of the tree. I'm going to your house today. 
me and you, we're just going to kick it. Now, I thought about this. And I think that can be a profound understanding for us as followers of Jesus, that we can walk with Jesus, we can walk with him every day of our lives, that this is the goal, this is how we find our best life, that he's in us, we learn how to walk with him. But it can also be profoundly terrifying. Like I think about Zacchaeus that day. He didn't plan on having Jesus over to his house, I don't think. I think he was hiding in a tree hoping he'd hear something and then maybe he could put it on a sheet of paper and maybe he could sort of work out some deals. But when Jesus asked him to come out of the tree and go to his house, I almost wonder, I'm like, you know, I know how this works. My wife's really funny. She's an amazing woman. But like when it comes to our house, she can get really like funny about house guests. Now, we host people all the time. But it's about the things that we do to get ready to host people. Now, I've told you this story, but it's the perfect example. This was some years ago. We were having some big get-together. It was a church gathering, and we were going out of town for the week. And so Chrissy's like, listen, we don't have time to get the house ready. Can we have somebody come and clean the house before all these people from our small group come over to the house? I'm like, yeah, sure. We're about to leave on our trip, and I see Chrissy cleaning the house. I said, wait, what are you doing? She said, I'm getting ready for the house cleaner. I said, wait, you're doing, wait, what? She's like, yeah, I got to get the house ready for the house cleaner. I'm like, okay, let's, time out. I thought we were having someone to come clean the house. She goes, we are. I'm like, why are you cleaning it? I don't want that house cleaner coming into our house and thinking I'm a complete disaster. I don't think I can live with that. And I'm like, and these are moments, gentlemen, where you just leave the room. You just go, okay. You know, I think some of us think of our lives in the same way. You hear this idea that you can be with Jesus, you can walk with him, and you at first go, that sounds great. And then we leave and go, whoa, 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 okay, wait a minute. I need to start cleaning my house because if Jesus gets in here, he's gonna be, oh, he's not gonna like the looks of this. This is gonna be a hot mess. And so we start doing all the work and putting things around going, hold on, Jesus, hold on, hold on. You know, like Zacchaeus is like, run, I can imagine him going, no, 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 I gotta go home, I gotta go clean, I gotta go fix, I gotta get everything ready so that you come in the house. Don't you understand this about Jesus? Jesus is the house cleaner. This is what he does. Like if your house is a mess, that's why he wants to come over. Yeah. Right? Like he likes messes. Jesus likes the mess of it all. And he's really good at cleaning them up. This is what he does. Like he's the best. You can do all the straightening you want. But this dude does deep cleansing. Like he comes into the crevices. You can get it straightened up. You do what I do when I'm cleaning my house. I get things just clean enough. But if you were to like put a rag on it, it's dusty and dirty. Jesus does it all. He's deep cleaning, steam cleaning. He's making sure there's no germs. Like it's like deep, all that stuff. That's Jesus. But the truth is, for you to live your best life, the invitation is there, but you still have to come out of the tree. I mean, Zacchaeus could have been like, no, 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 I'm going to pass on that today. I'm going to pass on that. My house isn't really, my house isn't really, no, no, I think I'll stay up here. No, just give me a couple more things to think on. And then you go about your way and I'll go about mine. And you know, the thing is, 
We do that. We go, no, 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 no. Too messy, too much. And, no, and here's the thing. Let me speak to us as a church. You say, why, why are you always saying anyone, everyone, anyone, everyone? What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm like, I, anyone, everyone. We need to say to each other in this place, you don't have to have it all cleaned up to come on in. You don't have to be put together to come on in. Oh, what do we need a church for if we're all put together? If we all had it figured out, we don't really need Jesus nor the cross. This is for all of us that are, are hot messes. And if you're like not a hot mess or you're like, no, I have it all put together, I'd love to talk to you because <laughs> that's not me. This place, this place, we got to be a place where people can wander in. We go, no, it's all good. You, you, you don't need to be the house cleaner. That's Jesus' job. Stay in your lane. And listen, the reality is, is all of us have messes in our lives. You know, I think too often we think Jesus or churches, we have some sort of agenda. And the truth is, Jesus doesn't have an agenda other than making you into who you were made to be. That's it. That's his agenda with you. Our role in all of this is just learning how to be with that guy. The secret to living your best possible life, it's not being smarter, having more Bible verses in your brain, it's not reading the right books, and I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do all of those things. Hear me. Part of this process of discipleship is spending time in the Word and being and, 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 and spending time in books that help reform our minds. But at the end of the day, what is the path towards you living your best possible life? It is you learning how every day to live in Christ. Every day. And you can every single day live in Him, with Him. We walk with Him. And it takes practice. It takes practice. So let me say this. Three things. Three simple things that I learned from Zacchaeus about living our best possible life. Step number one. If that's you, if you're like, man, I want that. Number one, stop thinking about it. No, I mean it. Too many of you are like, well, I'm just thinking about this. I'm kind of thinking about it. Stop. Stop thinking about it. At some point, Zacchaeus stopped thinking about it and he's like, I'm going. I'm I'm going. It's like, where are you going? I'm going to where everybody hates me and I'm climbing a tree. I'm going. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going. Stop thinking about it. Step number two. It's okay to climb a tree, but you're going to have to come back down out of it. Can't stay up there. Stop thinking about it and then come out of the tree. Step towards Jesus. Let him come over. Let him come over to your house. Let him do some cleaning work. Let him do whatever it is that he wants to do in your life. Will it be painful? Possibly. Will he open you up to the reality of who you are? Yes. Is he going to get in on your mess? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get cleaned up, though, if he doesn't get in there? What, do you think it's going to clean itself? And step three. Start practicing every day being with him. You're like, that's it. That's, your, that's, that's it. That's all I got. 
every day waking up. And let me say some things that you could practice this very week about like being with him. I do this every morning or I'm trying to do this every morning is an acknowledgement prayer that he exists, that he is with me, and that he walks in everything that I walk in this day. And it's really simple. I wake up and go, God, you love me, you care for me, and you're with me. Do you know just acknowledging the fact that that's true does something to every single day that I live? And the days I don't wake up and do that, I feel it. Because I wander through the day, and the truth is God is at work all around me, and I don't see him. But when I just wake up and I acknowledge the fact, God, you love me, you're with me, and you're at work all around me. God, you love me, you're with me, and you're at work all around me. Help me just see, help me just see. My team will tell you, I'm always talking about looking to see what wants to happen. All I'm really saying is, where is God at work? Let's go do whatever he is doing over there. So let's wander over there for a bit. This is what he wants to do in your life. But you gotta stop thinking about it. You gotta step out of the tree And then I encourage you every day to start acknowledging the fact that he is with you. Quit waiting for Sunday. I like it when you come. It's nice to see each other. But the truth is this secret isn't really a secret. It is the foundational principle of the gospel that Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the death and he sent his spirit here so that we could live in communion with him. With the God of the universe, he walks with you in all things. That fight you had last night, that drink you had last night, that place you shouldn't have been last night, that's okay. You're here today. That's okay. You heard me say, we celebrate starting lines. And this is what Jesus does. He's like, it's okay, I'm with you. In those moments where you've made mistakes, you carry the burden of your past, you drag it around, you're worried that maybe God could never clean this up. No, 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 no. I'm with you. I'll help you carry that. You don't have to carry this by yourself. I'm with you. He's with you. Jesus once said that with God, all things are possible. The great thing about life with God is that your next step, it is always possible. That step towards God, it is always waiting. No matter what you've done, how you've messed up, he wants to walk with you. We celebrate these things because John 3.16 reminds us that he loves you more than you can imagine. And Romans 5.8 says that he's made a way for us and that if we just confess our sins and say, I'm broken, I need you, that he is willing and able not just to forgive but to walk with. And doesn't that sound good? And see this close encounter for Zacchaeus? This is a close encounter for you too. He wants to come hang out at your house every day. Every day. Will you let him? Will you invite him in? Will you stand with me? And as we worship in this last song, I just ask, would you open your heart to that reality? And maybe ask for the first time or the hundredth time, God, Show me your spirit. Show me your way. Help me know you're with me. Amen. You've been listening to Eric Parks, lead pastor of Forest City Church, with part three of the Close Encounter series. You can watch the online version of this message by going to youtube.com slash forestcitychurch. Thanks for listening. 